to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined currently by Obi. How are you doing? I'm good, friend. How are you? Good. Yeah, all good, thank you. Um, you haven't called me Glendog in a while. No. <laughs> Sorry, that, was, next time. That, that was a short-lived thing. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> no, that's all right. I'll, I'll bring it back, mate. Don't worry. No, it's fine. Now, it's... now I know you like it, I'll bring it back. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I want it to be genuine, you know. I don't want it to be uh, forced. It doesn't come naturally, then don't do it. Um, I think Chris has just joined us. Welcome, Chris. Uh, we're just welcoming, so you haven't missed anything. Um, I hope you're feeling all right. Ooh. Yeah, I'm all sweet. I'm all sweet. Um, so I don't know if there's too much to talk about this week, but um, certainly something that's been out for the last couple of weeks and we haven't discussed yet is the... Hawkeye series. Um, so the first two episodes dropped on Disney Plus two weeks ago, uh, and we've now seen the third. Um, so we're actually halfway through the series already, which, because they put the first two on, seems like it's gone a lot quicker than Loki, which was the same amount of episodes. Um, so yeah, this is basically Hawkeye's the only OG Avenger that hasn't really had his time in the spotlight. Uh, so he's got his own series, um, and he it's set at Christmas time in New York, and he seems to, um, you know, be be kind of trying to sell back into the family life. Uh, he's got hearing aid now because of um, being around explosions and, and you know all the combat he's experienced, which I, I guess is is quite realistic. Um, and he comes across Kate Bishop. Who uh, is is like a early twenties um, archer uh, from a you know, rich um, upper class family. She was saved by Hawkeye in 2012 during the, the Turi invasion, um, focused in the main Avengers film. Um, and so she's always seen him as a hero, uh, her favorite Avenger, and Hawkeye's not many people's favorites. Um, and they sort of meet, and she's gets involved with the tracksuit mafia um who are i guess kind of like the hand is that what they're called from daredevil and that um and they operated around new york city as well um so yeah it's just sort of hawkeye and her thrown together kind of fighting the tracksuit mafia uh there's sort of hints or um throwbacks to when he was running during um infinity war and endgame um and Somehow she hasn't figured out that he is running. So, <laughs> um, what do you guys think of the series so far? We're halfway through. Um, and did Hawk, I, were you crying out for his own film or show? Um, Chris, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, go for it. Um, I don't particularly, I didn't particularly have a care to see Hawkeye on a movie or a solo series, but if they were going to choose one of the two, a series would probably be the best choice, considering how well um, another Archer series did, um, aka Arrow, the DC Universe. Well, or used to do anyway, first few seasons. Um, I actually think this is a decent series. It's light-hearted, I think. I think it's... it's uh, I don't know if happy go lucky is the right word to, phrase to use, but it's it's quite easy, I think. It's not it's nothing too 
serious to watch. Like even like the sinister part where they they're captured isn't that sinister. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's alright. It's an easy watch. It's probably the the briefest, easiest description I can give of it. Um, I I think there's a lot of questions. Uh, like, what, who is this? Who is the stepdad or soon to be stepdad? Is the real dad actually dead? Is the mum involved with organised crime? Why did the old bloke who got stabbed? Why did he want? Why did he not like the woman? Mm. It's probably my biggest question. Um, yeah, and is it uh, what's his face who who taps on the head at the beginning? And is Hawkeye gonna die at the end? Okay. Maybe. What What are your thoughts on him? Do you have any responses to Chris's questions? Um, uh, what are my thoughts? Um, I actually disagree with Chris about um the it being a TV show or a series. I feel like you could um sorry a TV show or film. I feel like this could have been a film, but not like a big. Th- I think you could have just marketed it and on like a, as a Disney Plus like original film kind of thing. Um, and I don't think I I don't think we've got any sort of like extra development or that character development in these three episodes so far that you couldn't have just put in a in a like a two hour film or two and a bit hour film um personally um i think it's it's fine the show in in and of itself um i like the tone like chris said it is quite easy like quite jovial quite comedic um there's not a lot there's not like any tension really um and i don't mind that um and it's not a show where like like previously maybe like WandaVision and um and Loki in particular where you're like we're theorizing and stuff like that and for this it's it's pretty much like I would say it's fairly straightforward apart from a few things. Um like Chris mentioned a min a couple of things that Chris mentioned a minute ago, a couple of questions here and there, which I imagine will be revealed in the next episode or two. Um I I believe that like I believe the the character kind of that Hawkeye's been depicted in this as someone who's very much like like done with this shit kind of thing and he's very yeah. much like he just wants to get this suit like go back to his family and then be done with it retired like let me live my, the rest of my life kind of thing um and i like uh how he kind of like reacts to um like people like people he's quite humble so people obviously like um, when they were at the restaurant with his family and they said oh yes yeah, on the house and he it, like you can tell it made him feel really uncomfortable him watching um the Steve Rogers musical, which I thought was really funny. Um and you can see how uncomfortable he was with that. Um and he's like a person who he even says it in um the third episode, he's used he does like his whole the whole point of his job is to not be noticed, like to be a ghost kind of thing. And like he clearly doesn't doesn't like the spotlight. So then when people come up to him and kind of like give him praise and um Kate Bishop comes up to him and says, Oh, you're my hero and you're a role model and stuff like that. He's like, nah, that's like that's not me. It never really has been me. Um I am curious to see uh about the stepdad and the dad and the mum. I feel like Chris is right, I think the mum's probably evil. Just that woman's faith, I feel like she's just got an evil face. Um so I'd be <laughs> shocked if she's got an evil face, I'd be shocked if she's not like bad in some way, shape or form. You joker, um, you joker. <laughs> um the stepdad, I don't like the stepdad character. I, I don't know if it's if it's the way it's acted or if it's the way it's, or if it's the the way it's the character's written. But I just think he's really like I don't know. He's just a bit of an ass. He's, I don't think he's probably supposed to not like him, but I just you know I'm not a fan of him. 
Uh, but clearly he's skilled in like fighting, so he must be something, um, something that we're not seeing that we haven't seen yet, kind of thing. And yeah, we didn't see the dad, like we didn't actually see the dad die. Um, so I feel like that leaves an opening for the dad to still be alive and doing something like under the behind the scenes kind of thing. Um, so I'm curious to see what that's all about. And yeah, obviously the Wilson Fisk stuff was uh was interesting. Well, potentially. It did sound like Vincent D'Onofrio from like the half a second grunt that we hear. <laughs> that you hear. Um, so I hope that's him because obviously that would be really cool. And obviously, I assume we all like that character from the Daredevil series. Um, yeah. And last thing yeah. I wanted to say before I take up too much time um, is that I like this Echo character um, from the little that we've seen of her kind of thing. Um, I like that from her side. Obviously, her dad was head of this tracksuit mafia or at least that part of it. But from her side, this Ronin captain just come in and fucking killed half the crew and her dad. So she's like, yeah, we need to, you know, we need to get this guy. So I, I like that angle that she's coming from. Although how that, yeah, like Glenn said, how that no one's figured out that fucking, <laughs> that Clint is, is Ronin, yeah, is beyond me. So, but yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, he's a bow and arrow as Ronin, does he? No, you know, to be fair, you know, he uses a, like a, what's it called? What do they call the swords? And the Jitari sword. Tan. Tan, that's the one. Oh, and just quickly as well. Um, the in episode three, the chase scene, the car chase scene, um, had some of the worst CGI I've ever seen. Just putting out the so yeah, that's something I have to say. Love the three episodes, but overall, it's it's been uh, it's been pretty decent so far. I would say. Okay, I mean, well, I was sorry, Chris. I was gonna say, what about you, Glenn? Yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily disagree with anything any of you either of you have said. I the, I wasn't. I watched the first two and I was a bit like, meh. I mean, I thought it was average, you know. Um, I thought episode three improved it a fair amount. Um, I just felt like the the act the action was was not great in the first two episodes, and I also kind of found Kate Bishop a tad annoying. Um, I, I don't know if that's just the way that Haley Steinfeld acts. Or can I ask quickly? Yeah, sorry, sorry. Can I ask? I feel like Hayley Steinfeld has like a really like big following and I don't, I'm not entirely sure what she does. Like, what's she known for? What does she do before this? She's, she's, a, she's, she's a singer. And she was, oh. in, and she was in Pitch Perfect. Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. She, cool. she, she first okay. appeared in True Grit like 10 years ago. She was a okay. child. Like, I think she was, I don't know if she's nominated. I'm going to just look at that. Oh, yeah. She's, um, I mean, Four. Sorry, that broke up a bit, Chris. What did you say? I, I was saying she's she's twenty four. Yeah, mm-hmm. so True Grit came out in twenty ten, so she mm-hmm. would have been fourteen. Um, I think that was her like breakout. I'm trying to see, did she get nominated? I'm trying to see what song she did. She does quite a famous song. Yeah, she was nominated for best supporting actress for that. Okay, she didn't win. And then she's, yeah, she's got, like, pop songs out, and she was in Pitch Perfect, like Chris said. Oh, she also voices Spider-Gwen in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, I only found out, literally, like, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, she's she's double Marvel, like okay. Gemma Chan. That's um, I, yeah, I had no idea who she, honestly, I had no idea who she was, but I knew that people, like, loved her, but I just had no idea why. Yeah, I, I, so, I, I think she, she, I'm getting used to her performance, I guess. Um... But she's very much like the kind of super fan in awe of the hero. And because and Hawkeye is very much 
much or Clint is very much like you say humble and you know when she's like oh you need a new suit you need to improve your branding like why is no one dressing up as you he's like I don't care she's mm. like no do it um, I throwback, the throwback she, she did the cartoon she drew the old the thing she drew was uh, what the comic book character I thought kind of looked like mm. yeah I noticed that um, even though I, I'm not favorite of the comics i did recognize it i was like oh i'm sure i've seen that suit somewhere so that's cool um and i guess the fact that he was like no that looks ridiculous they're kind of acknowledging how yeah. uh, styles have changed um yeah i thought episode three was a, a lot better um the introduction of echo is cool so she's maya lopez she's uh deaf and also an amputee uh which is cool um the actress um is also a native american um, so again, that's, that's good for representation. Alakwa Cox is the name. Um, and there's a solo series being produced about Echo, um, mm. which I guess <laughs> indicates how she, that she will survive this series. Um, mm. which I guess is, is fine because I don't necessarily like this whole introduce a, you know, adversary and then kill them off like two episodes later. Yeah. Um, mm. but yeah, she, she seems to, have been maybe taken under the wing of Wilson Fisk, um, we're presuming. Vincent D'Onofrio also did, does tweets and things and, and isn't particularly uh, kind of delicate with what he says. I think he was like, oh, I love these Marvel shows and likes things when people are like, oh, I hope that's Wilson Fisk. So, <laughs> oh, fair enough. Um, yeah, so hopefully it's him. Do you, do you guys, A, expect them so there's obviously rumours that Daredevil is going to be in No Way Home. Um, I don't know whether that will come to fruition or not. But if Fisk is in this, A, do you expect it to be the same Fisk from the Netflix series? Um, and B, do you want it to be? So, Obi, start with you. Um, do I expect it to be the same one? No. Would I like it to be? Yes. Um, I only say no because I feel like Kevin Feige would just be like, we're going to keep these actors because they're very popular, but we're just going to start the story from scratch. I feel like that was, I feel like that would be more what he would do kind of thing. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Um, and I think that because obviously that, that Daredevil series and that, that Wilson Fisk was, uh, very like violent, very much like, like that show was very mature. And I don't think he would be like that. In, he would sort of obviously still be like evil and shit, but I don't think he would be as gruesome as he was in that show. In this, because I'm sure at one point he like would kill someone by repeatedly slamming a car door until their yeah. neck, until the head snaps off their neck. So like, yeah, you're not gonna get that type of Wilson Fisk in the, in these shows in this MCU. So yeah, I think it will be same actor, same character, just different universe. I think making them canon is is fine because you know Deadpool supposedly going to be rated R so mm. they could end up having this kind of mixed kind of uh, um, universe of kind of you know if they're in the main MCU franchise it would just be PG-13 but they can still appear in like you know darker content um, mm. I think that would be cool because you know undoing all of those Netflix series kind of kind of a shame um, I guess they've also done that with like Agents of Shield and stuff, but um, yeah, particularly if Charlie Cox does appear in No Way Home or any of the other 
things that he's been rumored to appear in, such as She-Hulk. Because um, mm. yeah, like those characters are quite iconic, um, and I'd love to Ooh. see John John Burnthal as as Punisher again, not in his own solo thing, but you know, as part of it. Um, but yeah, Chris, Chris, what are your thoughts on it? Should it be Wilson Fisk? Um, I'd like it to be that geezer you just said. Um, however, I don't know. Marvel are a bit of a funny one, aren't they? Because they, um, I mean, they've now got the rights, haven't they, to just continue each of the each of those series in their own right. Um, and it does seem a bit strange that they would have the Charlie Cox actor in the Spider-Man film, but then not proceed to have the Kingpin character from that series as well. Um, so I don't know. It's a bit of a hard one. I don't really mind as long as it's a as long as it's what I imagine Kingpin to look like, then I'm I'm happy. But in order for continuity, I think it would be better to have the old character in it still, even if he did smash faces in. <laughs> and obviously I couldn't give a damn about seeing John Burnfall's Punisher again. Fair enough. I don't care. I, I, sec- I second that, Chris, about John Burnfall. Like, he had a decent first series, and then that second series was... Meh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even watch series two. I think... Annoyed they... me as a character, I think, as well. Yeah. Uh, question and probably not a popular question. Would you guys um, be happy if uh, Iron Fist like popped up in maybe like a Shang Chi or something like that, or are you like fuck Iron Fist? <laughs> I, I don't mind it because like the thing with the thing like I said with Iron Fist, like okay, the first series wasn't the greatest. Like there was a lot of things they could have improved on. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then the second series, I believe, was better if my memory serves me. Mm. Um, and then they left on a cliffhanger of a, what I could have seen as a really interesting story. Because I don't think people... The problem with Iron Fist character, I don't know if I care about Iron Fist in New York. I don't care about that. I think maybe Iron Fist on an adventure to do Iron Fist-like things would be a lot better. Um but yeah, I, I, have no, I have no issue with them bringing them back, but there's got to be a level of, there's a standard they've got within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think the TV show was not at that level, uh, even because of the poor Mandarin that they put in over the top of his voice. Uh, the, the fighting scenes weren't the greatest in the first series, if I remember correctly. Um, and just the storytelling wasn't great. So if they can integrate it better... Then I've got no issue with it. So they get changed like every aspect of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, though. Like, yeah, I know, I know exactly. What you mean. Like they could have just spent like a day getting him to learn like one line in Mandarin and him say it, or they could have. I know he did a lot of choreographed um, fighting scenes, but obviously not enough. Um, well, they they could because they filmed it. I think they shot it super quick, so they didn't even give him enough time to even properly learn any sort of martial art. I think they filmed it in like like a, maybe three months or so, a really short amount of time. So he didn't even get a chance to, you know, do like proper um, yeah. training. So yeah, they kind of fucked him in that regard. Yeah. And like I'd love to see Luke Cage in another one. But like again, first series or was it was it the first half of the first series? First season. <laughs> yeah. Good, great. Mm, really mm. bad guy was awesome. Second mm. series you like the fact that he's got 
did he have a weakness in this in the second series? Uh, I yeah, I think he, he gets shot with like a bullet and like actually penetrates his skin. Yeah, I mean, a little bit silly. Yeah, okay, at least he's got a weakness. Mm. And then the bad guy I didn't really like. If I'm honest, I don't, didn't, I don't think I got. And then, and then again, ended on a cliffhanger ending, which I could have been interested to see where it went. Um, but again, he's a character I don't know because of the way they ended that series. I don't know if they can bring him into Marvel into the MCU without explaining further what happened at the end of that series. Mm. He's the kingpin, isn't he, of that town now? Wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, he does it. It does in that way, yeah. And then um, just well, that just becoming redundant with the same villain in season three. So, um, interestingly, Jessica Henwick, who was Colleen Wing in Iron Fist, um, was offered like a role in Shang Chi, um, but she was also offered a role in the new Matrix film and chose the Matrix instead. So, there's no details as to what character mm. she would have been. So, I don't know if it was a new character or not. But well, I so I read. Um... You know Jessica Jones, the blonde lady in it? Yeah. They were going to... I've read somewhere... I've, I've either got this wrong or I've got this a little bit wrong. They were going to make her Carol Danvers in the Jessica Jones series. But then they really? came... Apparently. I'm sure I read that somewhere. Let me see. Is Captain find. Marvel not in development during that time? don't know. Well, doesn't DC have a Carol Danvers as well? Probably loads of cross cross named characters. I'm sure one of the characters is called Carol Danver or something. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, so Hawkeye. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's like you said, it's it's easy watching. Um, mm. There's some decent humour. I think the chemistry is is fine. I think the tracksuit mafia are a bit kind of like ridiculous. I guess. Like, I, guess oh, I agree. There's that one who keeps going, bro, bro. And then hey, like, bro, what do you mean, bro? I know what you're talking about, bro. Oh, fuck. Ah, shut fuck. Every and he's trying to get, like... Andrew, bro, he's so annoying. And he's, like, trying to get relationship advice from oh, uh, Kate Bishop. I was like, uh, I don't know. So I, 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 fucking jarring. I, I could take or leave it, but what I'm interested in is the fact that Florence Pugh was cast in the series. So, Yelena Belova, a.k.a. Black Widow's sister, is... um due to be in it so I imagine it will have something to do with um the end of Black Widow when uh that lady what's her name I can't remember her name um said you know Hawkeye's the reason your sister died um yeah interesting to see her character again anyway so there's this yeah I guess some some interesting things brewing if Wilson Fisk appears and if uh Yelena appears um Probably accidentally working for him. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's the big poncho head of... Uh, is it Valerie or something? Is that lady's name? I was going to say, yeah, well, she works for... Uh, well, uh, Yelena, she works for that woman now, Valerie, or whatever her name is now. Yeah. So I'm wondering maybe... If, well, maybe if, hopefully that will link into like the little bit we saw at the end of Black Widow and the bit we saw at the end of Falcon and the Soldier as well. So they start kind of like link shows a little bit maybe yeah young <laughs> young avengers or something mm. yeah any Go more on. thoughts on hawkeye i'm curious to know why do you think they did the um they did the two episode premiere um i uh, imagine because it 
it'll be Christmas. So, 8th, 15th, 22nd. Yeah, so it will end just before Christmas. Okay, that makes sense. But why not just release it a week earlier? <laughs> Maybe crossover with Eternals? I mean, not that that makes much difference. Maybe, Maybe yeah. release dates of other films. Although, actually, no, they pushed back everything, didn't they? So. Well, they brought Spider-Man forward by two days. For us, oh, yeah. Two days? Oh, oh aren't we lucky? <laughs> I, yeah. I was looking so hard for a midnight showing. I can't sign a midnight showing for that. No, neither can I. Can't find one either. It's jarring, man. I don't get it. They do midnight showing for James Bond. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that film was cleared up, wasn't it? You saying it made over seven hundred million? But mm. um, yeah. I mean, really? This, this, wow. This film yeah. is, is hotly anticipated, but like, po- like probably the most anticipated film since um, since Endgame. Mm. Yeah, true. I've yeah. rewatched uh, Spider-Man three during the week, and uh, it's bad, isn't it? It's the first time I'd seen it since I first saw it in the cinema in two thousand and seven, and I remember really enjoying it. And I think that was because thirteen-year-old me was like, "Oh my gosh, there's like three villains, and it's darker, and it's rah rah rah." But yeah, it's shit. Yeah, it's uh, bad. <laughs> it's bad. Honestly, it's really bad. <laughs> oh. It's, it's, it's one really of those. Bad. This is the thing with like rewatching things that you enjoyed as a child is when you rewatch them and you've got a bit more kind of nuance in your criticism, you're like, oh my god, why? I used to really like the film Click. I've rewatched it really? like, in the last okay. few years and I'm like, Adam so Adam Sandler one? Yeah. And I was like, wow, this one's shocking. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not great. Some of the visual effects in Spider Man 3 are just awful, like, particularly when um, James Franco's Goblin is chasing. Peter through some like alleyways, um, they're swinging and and it just looks awful. Uh, you know, some of the, when they're crossing over, it, I can't describe it properly, but it kind of looks like um, you know, it's quite clear that they're, maybe they're not in the same place and they're just kind of overlaying it onto a background. And I'm just thinking, like, sure, the effects. I don't remember the effects in Spider-Man Two being that bad. You know, I don't understand how with later years you can have worse visual effects but yeah they just overstuffed it none of the villains had particularly you know much development i will uh, say sorry to interrupt you i will say um that one of i think for me the best moment of that film was when when um uh eddie brock is eddie brock is in the church praying for god to kill spider-man yeah. <laughs> Oh god, I thought that was hilarious. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. And they don't mention that character as Venom at all, do they? They just call it the symbiote. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that dancing thing when he. Oh god. Or I mean, oh, you thought that was a good idea? Oh. Maybe uh, at the time because emo, cause like at the time, the emo genre was quite heavy, wasn't it? If I remember correctly, when I was about ten years old. Well, so like Sam Raimi's watched um, My Chemical Romance and gone, oh, we need we need him to wear some guy liner. Hey, hey, I don't know what's going through his. Welcome to, like, to the Black Parade. <laughs> just say fuck you to Sony for like rushing him. I don't know. It feels like a bit of a rush job. That's all I can what did you think of the whole um, the uh, Harry uh, amnesia plot run? <laughs> um, to be fair, it, it wasn't as awful as you kind of suggested okay. it to be. I thought it was um, terrible. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit like, oh. Because <laughs> he's, uh, he's in the hospital and he's like, oh, those are my friends. And I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you? Why are you talking like that? Hey, Mary Jane. 
know, when Peter as Spider-Man is saying to Gwen, oh, just give me a kiss. Like, what? Yeah. yeah. Your, your what? fiancé or, you know, wannabe fiancé is in the crowd and you're just hey, like, oh, what? Yeah, what? I was like, why? <laughs> why would you do that? So dumb. Is the blonde lady Gwen Stacy? Yeah. Is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man, um, that's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. I just, Still, that yeah. made quite a lot of money, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think it was as well received. That's why Spider-Man 4 was cancelled and they oh, right. ended up making, um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man. And those films, yeah, are significantly better. So, yeah, that was a rewatch, which I knew on rewatching would dampen the, my initial thoughts. But, you know, I can't go around saying Spider-Man 3 is okay and having not seen it for 15 years. So, yeah, fair. Yeah. That film almost made 900 million. Fair enough. Raw, seriously. Mm. Yeah, but it cost between two sixty and three fifty, and at the time it was the most expensive film ever made. And you're like, where did you spend your money? Yeah, because I can't it, imagine is, both Grace and Thomas Hayden Church were like demanding the bag. But is is the CGI bad? As in, it's bad just in general, or is it bad considering what we've got now? I think it's always. You always have to caveat, and obviously technology has yeah. improved significantly since then. But, you know, re-watching Spider-Man 2, it's, it's different. It's not, you know, the, the graphics are, at points in this film, quite awful. Some of the Sandman stuff is quite cool, um, when his, like, you know, face kind of dissolves into sand and stuff, and that clearly, there's quite a lot of visual effects there. They just don't seem to be that consistent with it. Um, yeah, just a bit overstuffed, but concluded my rewatch now. <laughs> um, I still watch Spider-Man too. Mate, you've got the you've got the facility to do it as well, don't you? Don't you have stars? Is it on stars? Yeah. Oh, I'll give it over. Yeah, so. I'm pretty sure it's on stars. Yeah. It's the only one not on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. Funny. Strange. Sure, I read somewhere that stars have exclusive rights to it. <laughs> Is stars a Sony? channel then? I don't really know. Oh, don't know. <laughs> Stars players in there. Mm. Like, Stars play on Amazon Prime, so I assume mm. it's an Amazon product. Oh, so confusing. Who owns what? Yeah. I saw the other day, is it IMD, IMDB TV? IMDB TV, yeah. <laughs> mm. And isn't the fourth, fourth Star Trek series on some random I could be wrong. Star Trek, sorry, not was. Just, I don't know. But no, yeah, it's not on. Um, yeah, no, it's not going to be on Netflix though anymore. Which is, which is, sh- I'm not that I watch it anymore. But you know, which is a shame. Yeah, is it, I don't know. Is it, di- is it a different? Oh no, it's not. Is it? What? Has they changed the the lead character in it or not? In Star no, Trek Discovery. Yeah. I don't think so. Alright. Oh, I couldn't see it. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay. What do you guys think of the um, teaser for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, part one? See, they're doing what they should be doing with Spider-Man into into whatever the new Spider-Man film's called. No Way Home. No Way Home. Part one and part two. I feel like they're going to cram so much in. 
I yeah, I, I, oh, sorry, go on, Chris. No, go on, you go, you go, you go. Um, Bombardiers. I was just going to say, um, you know, I like the, the teaser. I think, um, I really like what they're doing, like, visually. Um, and I think it's quite unique. Um, obviously it was unique at the time when they brought it out, but I think they're, yeah, they're carrying on with that style. And I think maybe they're going to introduce a bit more in, like, be more, a bit more innovative, like, visually in terms of, like, the animation, which I, which I enjoy. Um, and yeah, it looks like, um, he's fighting, I think someone said Spider-Man 2099. I'm not sure who that is, to be honest, but, um. It's a Spider-Man. Okay. I'm looking, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I just like that, the little, uh, back and forth that, um, Miles and, uh, Gwen Stacy had as well, because that's like, it's quite cute, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool if they had, they continued with the different visual styles for different universes, like they did mm. with like, you know, Spider-Man Noir and, um, the anime one. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I kind of forgot that there was going to be a sequel to that. And the fact that it's in two parts is also cool. Yeah. Keep that Spider-Man content coming. Um, and then I don't think we've discussed it on the pod, but, um, Amy Pascal, who's the Sony kind of big wig, um, I think she, she's announced that they're doing at least another trilogy of Spider-Man films with the MCU and with Tom Holland. Um, okay. So no, no kind of indication of when, you know, how soon after No Way Home, but that's continuing. Um, I'm the one reasonably happy with that. I don't, you know, I feel like Spider-Man is one of those IPs that they're just going to have to keep bringing stuff out. Um, and so if it wasn't Tom Holland, they would just have to recast it. And do I really want to see a fourth live action Spider-Man in 20 years? No. So, you know, Tom Holland is young enough to grow with the character. And Chris, you said you wanted to see him in college or, you know. But no, um, that's what they, that's what they said. I, I read somewhere that they, they were, they were potentially going to take a break. But if they do do another trilogy or if they don't, they were going to take a break so he could become older within the actual MCU rather than keep it situated in high school. Right. This guy is going to be so rich because not only is he Spider-Man, he's now Nathan Drake in the Uncharted film, which I don't know. You think that film's going to do well? Um, they, they chose not. the wrong guy to play it. They chose the wrong guy to play it. Um, yeah, he's just everywhere now. He's like ubiquitous. And, and he's also apparently being like, you know, people are saying, oh, he should be the next Bond. Again, I think he's too young to, oh, to, no. be, to be Bond, but if he gets that franchise, like, he's just going to be everything. Um, yeah. going to get a bit of Holland burnout, but, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I was going to say, any strong thoughts on another trilogy with Tom Holland? Yeah, I was going to say, um, it depends for me what how long the gap is between, like, now, like, Cause I think even the fact that we've had uh, three Spider-Man films in four years, um, I think is a lot. Um, and I would don't get me wrong, I've enjoyed the two films that have come previously, and I'm sure I'm going to enjoy the next one. But I think if they're going to do a four, five, and six, I would like to at least have a, le- a little bit of gap, a few years before we get to number four. I think so. Maybe we can see a, like a few other characters develop and stuff. And like Chris said, like give them some, give them some time to kind of like age a little bit, you know, maybe it could be college or whatever, next time we see him. Like, in, a, in his own film. Obviously, I wouldn't mind him popping up in, like, a 
maybe a little crossover here and there. But yeah. well, yeah. They, the thing they the, the beauty of what they're doing with this Spider-Man film is if it's successful, they've opened up other worlds and just kind of like divot, pivot, pivot, divot, no, uh, dip into uh, these other worlds, I guess, with other Spider-Men, I guess, and mm. carry on from there. So. Yeah. Kirsten Dunst has said that she would like to uh, appear as Mary Jane again. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's a hint to No Way Home, because surely anyone who's ever appeared in any of the films is going to make an appearance. But um, I, I don't think she played the best, as I was saying last week, I don't really think she plays the best Mary Jane anyway. Uh, not I agree. But I just feel like she's too much of a damsel in distress. Mm. I think that's more poor writing rather than. Oh, oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I saw an article. She was complaining that she didn't get equal pay. Um, I don't know if I've misread the article, but equal pay in Spider-Man one or two. And I was just mm. thinking, but you're not the main character. Yeah, you don't need to have equal pay. No. She was not a big deal in the in the early two thousands, though. Kirsten Dunst. True. True. But I, 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 I agree with the baby, to be fair. But just saying. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, things have come a long way, so maybe the writing for Mary Jane be a lot better. But I'm pretty sure she ends up suspended from some sort of web in every single one of the trilogies. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe she can just do a bit more screaming and a bit more hanging. Um, but, you know, maybe her and Emma, Emma Stone can have a. Well, question is, will Emma Stone be in it? I don't know. Her character died. Could she be a Spider-Gwen from another universe? Could she be... Maybe Bryce Dallas Howard will come back as uh, Gwen Stacy from Spider-Man 3. And then uh, Andrew Garfield can be like, what the fuck? Um, Surely at least least an hour and a half of this two and a half hour No Way Home is the, the characters being like, what? How the hell did I get here? Like, surely people aren't just going to accept that they've transferred across the universe. Well, I guess you could ask that about Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, I know, but this is like live action, so I don't know. Well, this like, is what, what I think. What you saying? Because it's animated, it doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, animation, you look at it and you're like, well, this is clearly not realistic. Whereas, I don't know, I'm, just, I'm being facetious. But, you know, like, if, if we all of a sudden were pulled into three different universes, and there was like a blonde me, and you know, I'll be like, know. I'll be like, bro, are you rich? And if they say yeah, I'll be like, send me some of that pee. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just they accept things too too much in these superhero films. It's like, oh, there's another alien. Cool. No one's like, why is this happening? I mean, um, it's real, yeah. We, we've had in in the MCU, we have had a, a guy get six stones and click his finger and wipe out half the universe. So. I think anything's plausible. Um, Just quickly, sorry. Um, Did he throw a moon at Iron Man? He did, and Iron Man survived. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't flipping believe it. That was like my biggest criticism of that film, is that Iron Man lived thing And then Vision got stabbed in the the flipping stomach, and he was out of commission for the whole fucking film. Yeah, the thing is, though, the Iron Man thing, a moon got thrown at him, and he defended it, but then when he gets stabbed by... um, Thanos, he can't, he can't stop it. Mm. And then it's like the whole, the whole um, vision of it all is Vision got his stone ripped out of his head because of obviously having his bad tummy. But in the animated <laughs> series, he could just wipe him out with one zap of his stone. Well, yeah. 
So, I mean, also, if you're bringing an object as large as a moon closer to the planet, then the gravity would all change, you know? So it's just... So we'll get into the science. science. So unrealistic, man. Well, well, just well, quickly, well, guys. Oh, on, technically, you could be right. We, we don't know what the gravitational pull was like on Titan. Yeah, true. Good point. Oh, Good point. Oh, he, sc- he schooled you there, mate. I'm not gonna lie. That's true. I only did single <laughs> science anyway. Um, <laughs> I was gonna ask just because you were talking about pay, and I was just um, doing some googling because I, I was um, just what I would. Um, how much do you think Tom Holland made from the first Spider-Man film? Twenty mil. No. More or less. Way less. Oh, More. really? Five. Less. Three mil. Less than five mil. Less. One million. Less. Four hundred fifty k. He made five hundred k in the first one what? as a base. His base oh. salary for the first five, for the first film was five hundred k. How mean, much do you think Tom Danny Jr. made for three days' work on that film? Probably mil. like fifty million. <laughs> like fifteen, fifteen million. Kiss me. I'm sorry, but Tom Holland needs to fire his agent. I to be fair. Think- I don't think he does. His agent got him a role as Spider-Man and since. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what did he do before Spider-Man? He was in Impossible. Billy Elliot. Was he Billy Elliot? The musical, I think. Oh, the musical. Yeah, I don't think he was. He wasn't a complete unknown. Um, tell me what. Um, tell me now what film he did before he got into he got into Spider-Man because I can't see it. He was in The Impossible, which was like a disaster film about the tsunami from 2004. Had um, a trailer for that. That in itself explains to me why his agent went for 500k for Spider-Man, because I don't know what that film is. Relatively unknown actor. But what did he? What? Because his first film was his first film. His first film wasn't Spider-Man one, was it? It was Captain America Civil War. He got 250k for that. 250k. I mean, to be fair, that's pretty decent considering he did, like, what, 10 minutes? Mm. So how do you know how much he's getting for the subsequent ones, then? I'm going to check right now. I'm going to say, I bet his second foot... I bet Spider-Man 2, he made a killing. Yeah. Um, He made... No, that can't be right. <laughs> no, that can't be right. <laughs> Wait, sorry, hold on. Um, this thing's saying he's made four million in total. Nah, that can't be right. That can't be right. That what? Can't be right. Wow. Okay. Uh, then, okay, I'm going to tell you now, Glenn. Uh, your your first statement might be correct. Uh, should it? Um. <laughs> okay. No, so yeah. So this is yeah. From so this thing, I've obviously done how accurate this is. This article on thethings.com says Holland is estimated to have earned an impressive four million dollars from Spider-Man: Far From Home, which is another big pay rise for the talented actor. Though his salaries for his involvement in Endgame and Infinity War have not been disclosed. Doesn't sound that much considering what the others get. I mean, yeah. wasn't um. Uh, Black Widow, what's her name? Scarlett Hansen. She was moaning the fact that she, you know, was duped out of X amount of money for it being released on streaming. Yeah. And, and he's sitting there being like, hey, I'll do six films of Spider Man for 
400k. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I would, but you know, I'm not a Hollywood actor. Mm. Hey ho. Anyway. Because he hasn't got quite got that star hey, power just yet. Justice for Tom Holland. Uh, How dare he only paid four million? I know. How's he surviving? Yeah, no, I know. See LA prices? <laughs> Be fair, oh, I watched oh. Selling Sunset on Netflix and some of those houses are so expensive. Simu mm. Liu was on it, right? So this is a, it's a trashy um, kind of reality, uh, reality series set in an estate agent in LA, right? On Sunset Strip. And um, very dramatic and ridiculous. But Simu Liu, who's Shang-Chi, was on it because he knows one of the estate agents and uh, well, whatever they call them over there um, and he was like looking for a house and he was like yeah I've just got like, my big paycheck from Marvel and now I want to buy a house and his, his house budget was like 9 million dollars like, if your budget for a house is 9 million then you've clearly got quite a lot more than that and I don't think he was in you know he was in like he's in like um, he was convenience I think it's he was convenience yeah but he, he's not getting I'm sure he's not getting paid millions for that no. so you know clearly uh i'm all right out of that and mm. tom if you're listening mate you know renegotiate so basically he got paid apparently three to four million for each of the infinity war films that's, that's considering he's barely in he's barely in them yeah he got dusted <laughs> um you know what the problem is he probably signed a trilogy contract with Sony yeah. to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, and I mean, it, I, it, is, it is now worth like 450 million, so he's probably not doing too bad. What? That's what it says here. It says 450 million? How, how Tom Holland became Hollywood's favourite and grew his 450 million pound dollars. Jesus Christ. But if he's only been paid 4 million for the films he's been in, Max. And that's probably only about twenty million. But where's the other four hundred and thirty come from? Well, is he like a big investor or something? Well, that or he's done like ten other films since then as well. Or is that like paying more than Spider-Man? Those films. Yeah. Do you not think the main character? He's the main character in that animated series. Or no? Yes, um, he so he's been in. Oh, for God's sake, where is it? So the big films I can see here are God, where are they? Uh, Spies in Spies in Disguise. Uh, oh, he was, I he got paid that much for that. It, but he is one of the main. Uh, then Doolittle, he was in. He was in Onward. He's played the devil all the time. Chaos Walking, Cherry. I don't know. Yes, good point. Maybe I think they've done something wrong there. I think they've, made, they, they, they think they've missed. They've added an O or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I reckon they've added an O. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to see how much he got paid in Spies in Disguise. <laughs> if it's 420 million, then I'll Makes happily voice anything. Um, my dulcet tones. Um, off of the uh, superhero boat for a sec. I watched King Richard um, during the week <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. Um, so Ob talked about it last week. It's it's like the biopic of uh, Richard Williams, who's the father of, among others, Venus and Serena Williams. Um, and the story of him like really pushing, believing in them to be successful. Um, and you 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 were sort of 
you didn't go into too much detail last week because you wanted us to see it. Um, Chris, I don't know if you've had a chance. No, I was going to, but I just, I just didn't have a chance, unfortunately. So, yeah. yeah. Well, do you want to go into a bit more detail then, Obi, about about the film and, and what you really liked about it? Yeah. Um, so, the film kind of, like, um, starts off from, like, obviously the early years. I think Serena's maybe nine and being 10 or 10 and 11, one and two. Um, and basically, when that, I think, he, I don't know if I misheard, but, um, from, like, the, one of the very first lines of the film, but Richard Williams basically says that, like, um, he doesn't make enough money per year. So he put kind of like all his efforts, I'm paraphrasing, but he put all his efforts into his children to kind of like get them to like a stardom level to kind of be able to, you know, um, change his, change all their lives for the better. But he says, I think that he earns 52,000 a year. Yeah. You know? he does. And I was thinking like, isn't that pretty decent? <laughs> yeah. For the, for the late eighties. Yeah. And I was like, I was thinking maybe, 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 I think maybe he, he meant they earned 52,000 a year bet- between him and Brandy, maybe. Maybe. Cause I think 52,000 a year is pretty, pretty decent. Probably earning quite a lot more than other people in your area. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, I, I thought that was, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I thought maybe, maybe I misunderstood. Um, but yeah, obviously he's working like as a um, security guard doing nights. His uh, wife, Brandy, she works, I think, as an, I want to say a nurse, but I could be completely wrong. Um, and she does like double shifts and stuff. And, um, he trains, uh, the girls like during uh, the day and stuff like that while the mum's at work. And then obviously they will come home from school and everything. And, um, he works nights and obviously the mum takes care of the kids like at night and stuff. Um, and like he's got them like training in all weathers, in the rain. You've got the neighbours there who are like saying, "Oh, you're working these kids too hard." They call social services on them, stuff like that. And then the mum, I wanted the mum to go over there and punch her in the yeah. face, but she didn't yeah. do it. I was pissed. But so the mum, yeah, the mum was like, "Don't." Basically, I don't go involved in my business ever again, kind of thing. And I thought that um, particular scene um, with the social services was was quite interesting because obviously social services come and they're like oh yeah you're working these kids too hard like we've had complaints blah 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 and he was like um if you hear that we work like richard williams says if you hear that we're working too hard that, and he's like he's like that's because we are because we're working hard to keep them off these streets kind of thing because obviously you know compton in that i don't know what compton's like now but compton that is was pop was like gang riddled drug riddled you know crime riddled so obviously yeah. Kids aren't in the, if kids aren't at school, like facing their books, then they'll be in the streets doing nonsense. So they end up, you know, they end up dead. Funnily enough, um, I'll say funnily enough, it's not funny at all, but, um, the oldest William sister, Tunde, or Tunde, um, she was, um, murdered in 2001, um, as a result of, I think, um, like gang violence. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. So she was like an innocent oh, bystander, I think. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a, a lyric from, um, I want to say one of the game songs, like the mm. artist of the game, and he says like something about Tunde Rice, sister of Venus and Serena Williams, shot blah blah blah. And I didn't get, I didn't make that connection, but that makes sense now. Okay. Oh, awful. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, massive shame. Um, I think that, that that obviously happened. Um, I only found that out like last week, and I was actually like, oh man, that's disappointing. Um, anyway, um, 
but yeah, obviously he, they're having this moment with the social services and he's like, yeah, I need to keep these kids, like, I need to work them hard because, and if it's the thing, like, that I think um, a lot of people uh, miss, not maybe not miss, but it's like, in order for your kids to be great, in order for, I'm sure any professional sports person who is, honestly, who makes it to a professional level had to be worked hard by either their parents or some sort of guardian figure, a coach or whatever. Like, you don't make it that far. You don't become that great without hard work. And hard work requires sacrifice. And that sacrifice could form itself in the, in the shape of, like, you don't have any extra time to do um, normal kid shit because you're training and whatever, whatever. But even in that regard, I think, uh, according to the film anyway, Richard Williams, he was able to give the children time to be children so like like taking them to disneyland and taking them to you know letting them like play and stuff like that and um obviously that came with a sacrifice of them not playing actual matches um which you know nobody else agreed with um because that was not the way that anyone does things and i really enjoy like having people who are willing to go against the grain and people who are willing to say actually i don't want to go do this tried and tested method i want to go do it my own way because that's the only way you're going to get like like um what's the way that's like doing doing that and being more innovative in your thinking that's the only way you're going to get like people you know creating new avenues and new lanes for different people because i imagine i I don't know idea but i imagine there's a lot of um kids now a lot of maybe pro tennis players now who don't play juniors or don't play like 700 juniors matches before they turn professional you know because then you do end up like um uh, I can't remember her first name, but Capriati, I think was the second name. Gen- Jennifer, who, yeah. Jennifer Capriati, who was, um, caught, like, doing drugs and stuff like that. And because when you don't give, when you don't give people, um, time to kind of like, uh, to kind of, um, I suppose for lack of a better word, relax and to kind of like, you know, be free for a little bit, it bottles up and you end up doing a madness at some other point in your life. It pretty much happens with most people like all these teen teen disney stars who go off like miley cyrus um I'm trying to think of any others but like all those teen stars who go off the rails like ariana, grande. Jackson, ariana grande michael jackson like all people like that they end up doing a madness because early on in their lives their parents don't allow them to kind of like express themselves as children and actually like you know they they and it, it's so funny because like when you go bringing it back to that woman she's like saying oh like yeah like you're not letting your kids be kids but like that's exactly what he did do but just not at the times that people expect him to do it if that makes any sense mm. um so yeah i found that i really enjoyed like that whole aspect of it and like him also like people like telling him saying like no this is the this is the way we do it this way it's always been done blah blah, blah. and he's like okay that's fine but i've got my plan and i'm gonna stick to my plan and the plan's gonna work and the plan didn't work so you can't even you know, you can't even knock it. So, yeah, man. Um, I really enjoyed that aspect of the film. I thought the two, I thought the two girls who played Serena, obviously, I think all the sisters were good, but the two girls who played Serena and Venus, I thought were, were really good. I really enjoyed the, the scene between, um, Venus and Richard when, um, he tells her he, she can't play in the tournament. Um, and then she, this, so just after he, Richard had the argument with Brandy about, um, him being a quitter and, and she mentions about the kids and stuff. So just after that, when um, I think they're in the rain, they're in the rain. I don't know, but it's night time and they're um, they're basically talking about that. And she says like, she basically asks him like, why won't you let me play? And he says like, 
he brings up a story about when he was younger. Um, and obviously when he was young, it was, I don't know, probably early, probably like maybe like 1920s, maybe 1930s, but, um, or probably earlier than that. But, um, I think no, I'm trying to probably would have been like no. 40s or 50s. Six. I would imagine. Okay, 60s, yeah. Um, Hang on, let me check. Yeah, when, when was this guy born? He was born yeah. in 1942, so it would have been 50s. Okay, yeah, so yeah, 50s, 60s. So he tells a story about um, how his dad uh, told him to give, I think, change to a white man or give money to a white man for something. Um, and in those days, he went, <laughs> black people weren't allowed to touch white people. So, but he touches the white man for accident. White man starts beating him up and all other people start, start joining and beating him up. He looks up, sees his dad. His dad's looking at him and just r- fucking legs it. So then he kind of like relays that to to Venus in the thing of like, I don't want you to ever uh, ever to look up and see me running away. Like I'm always going to be there for you. I'm always going to be here to protect you. Everything I do, everything I'm doing now is to protect you, and so you don't end up like these, you know, the like the Jennifer Capriati's of the world. Um, and he's kind of like saying the thing about how. At that point, she would have had so much pressure on her. She would have been representing every, representing every little black girl on earth. And the amount of pressure that even that one sentence would put on you is probably more than most people would face in their lifetime. To be honest with you, that first match where she had to play, uh, not the first match. Well, even yeah, that first match when all eyes were on her because she hadn't played for three years and the dad's been, <laughs> the dad's been hyping her up like she's going to be the best <laughs> X, Y, Z. And you've got to, you've got to kind of like take all that pressure and just kind of like compartmentalize it and just focus on your game. I imagine it's probably one of the hardest things in the world to do because you're constantly thinking about what, how is this going to represent me? What my, like people are looking up to me. People are, people, one are looking up to me. People also are waiting for me to fail because of probably because of the color of my skin, because of my dad, because of, you know, any other extenuating factors. And I just like, I feel like, she kind of they kind of like encompassed all of that in that one moment with them too, and I just thought it was really really powerful moment. Um, and then just to summarise, I've been talking for ages, so apologies. <laughs> um, the um, I thought the final match as well was actually uh, really entertaining to watch. And I'm not a massive tennis guy, um, but I like the way like they portrayed it. And obviously she was like um, Venus was like killing this woman, like. And then obviously she did the whole thing of like ice in her and stuff like that. And yeah, that was raw. That was, that's the thing. And I was like, oh, that's so dirty, man. But you know, at the end of the day, I kind of rated it because you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to do what you got to do to win. Like, I kind of respect it in a way. Um, but obviously, yeah. And obviously she, she didn't, she didn't win. Um, but then obviously at the end, you've got the whole crowd of people kind of like saying, oh, like cheering her on because like, you know, obviously she didn't win, but she's an inspiration to all these people around earth, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was, I just really, really enjoyed it. And also, I, I very much doubt this happened, but I really liked the scene where Serena's kind of like looking out on the court and she, cause obviously she really wants to play. And she's at the minute, she's in Venus's shadow and Richard says to her, um, Serena's, uh, Venus is going to be number one in the world. Like, I know that I've planned for that, but you're going to be one of the greatest ever. And I was like, yeah, that's, I, I doubt he said that, but I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a sick line. I, I really, yeah, because she is the most successful sister, isn't she? She is, yeah. She's one of the most, like, pound for pound, she's one of the most successful tennis players ever, male or female. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's an important distinction, I think, as well. Mm. Um, I think Andy Murray pointed that out because someone said, oh, you know, Serena's now the most successful female tennis player. And he's like, uh, 
Uh, let me stop you there. For, for most successful tennis star. Um, yeah. Terms of Grand Slams. Um, I feel like, yeah, this film did focus a lot more on Venus and Serena, which I was surprised about, considering mm. they're only a year apart, I think, or 18 months or so. Um, I felt Serena was maybe under um, underutilised, but then maybe that's just how it was. Maybe she, you know, didn't go pro until a bit later. Um, mm. Obviously, this this film can only cover so much, and it is relatively long. Um, it's almost two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the last tennis match, and, and the tennis throughout, actually, the way they edit it or don't really edit it makes it seem like the actresses are actually playing tennis very well. You know, mm. it's not it's not kind of edited in a way that you know it's a close up of the racket, and so it could be anyone hitting it. Like, there's quite a lot of kind of long shots and relatively long takes where it's just back and forth and so there's clearly just in sorry Glenn just to interrupt you really quickly um the two girls had to learn how to play tennis for these roles and I think the girl who plays Venus is actually left-handed and she had to learn how to play right-handed oh wow yeah okay so yeah um I was impressed by that um mm. and I think one of the most impressive things about this film is the fact that at least for the most part it's true and you mm. think like the pure belief that Richard has for his daughters and the pure confidence that Venus and Serena had um, again obviously there's probably some embellishment but mm. you know pure and simple these girls believed they were going to be the best and that mentality is so elite um, and they were kind of supportive of each other rather than being mm. like oh you know Serena at least in the film was never shown being like oh why are you always be- you know picking Venus and throwing her toys at the pram and also yeah. the fact that Richard hustles so much for free out of Rick <laughs> Macy for like yeah. three years yeah getting a house oh, I felt bad for like him. <laughs> like a job free food expenses free house. training and Rick Macy's and all he's being is like oh you know I'm She's not doing this. Rick yeah. Wace is like, I'm not paying for this. Oh, I yeah. don't understand like how how he got away with that for three years. That's yeah. astounding. But um, I think the way he gets away with it is because Rick, Rick Macy could see how talented the girls were. So he's like, eventually this is going to pay off. Eventually. Yeah, but can you imagine if they time. ended if if they ended up like some of these kind of talent like football talents? Mm. You know, imagine like um. Kese or Bojan, you know, yeah. Vincenzo Perillo, Chris, as a throwback. Yeah. But, you know, they're like, oh, yeah. Morrison. yeah, Freddie Adu, you know, like, oh, mate, it's going to be sick. Oh, you know. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, this into nothingness. He's a FM legend, but that's it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just think it was, it was, it was well acted. I, I think it was nice um, and important that Brandy gets her kind of time to shine, you know, when they have the argument. And she's like, I'm the one that improved Serena's serve. I've helped you. It's not just you doing this. It's me as well. Um, you know, other women would have left you and things like that. So, because a lot, a lot of times, the the mother or the wife character is just like in the background and doesn't really get much recognition. But um, and it's like I just want to say as well, like it's it's like not extraordinary, but it's like really sick how like because like both. Uh, Richard and Brandy, they both learned how to play tennis so that they could teach their daughters how to play tennis. Like, for me and you, 
um, we we have sons or daughters and they grow up like we can teach them how to play football because like we've already known to play football. I doubt I will learn how to play badminton so I can teach my son how to play badminton. <laughs> it just yeah. won't happen. Like to go out there and actually you know learn it for yourself so that you have the capability to coach them. I think is is proper sick as well. Mm. And the documentary footage at the end was cool. Like some of the you know the speeches that they all gave of being true and the, even the costumes and the car. Um, you know, obviously there, there's a whole lot of Richard Williams life that they omit and they only really mention the fact that he's got other kids and doesn't see them very much, which, you know, um, you, you don't have the time to do all of that. So I do understand. Um, Did but, Serena and Venus Williams give any like input into the film? Both producers. So, yeah. So, huh? so, a pack, so they saw that they watched the film. Um, and then they uh, became executive producers behind it. So they gave their approval basically before um, it was like, kind of released so, yeah, yeah. to wider world. Oh, okay. Mm. okay. Yeah. Um, I think my only kind of criticism maybe um, is the first like 20 minutes up until that gang member gets killed. I was a bit like, I don't understand the. There was quite a big tonal shift in that mm. first twenty minutes because there was the lightheartedness of like when they're driving. He's like, "Say hello to the policeman," or you know, mm. you know things like that. And and there was quite a lot of good humor in this as well. It's quite lighthearted. Yeah, I agree. But, but then the first twenty minutes when he's being beaten up and the gang are like, "I Tundi, you know, come over here, or, you know, I'll kill you." And then he's about to go and kill that gang member, mm. which. I can't imagine. Well, I don't know if that happened. In apparently, apparently, that, apparently, that's that's true. Oh, okay. But then, and then he gets shot, and then that seems to be the kicker for him to be like, right, we need to get out. Of, you know, we need to kind of get her some coaching so that she can we can then move out of Compton. But that that was for so the rest of it. Tonally, is 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 nothing like that. So mm. that didn't quite go as well for me. Um, mm. Yeah, overall, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think he'll get nominated. I think he will as well. I'm not really sure who else will get nominated. No, I hope he wins. Even though I think he'll be... I don't want to say it's cheap, but it's not his... I don't think it's his best performance kind of thing. But I yeah, think just so he can, you know, have... Them. Yeah, it's his DiCaprio moment, surely. Yeah, yeah. Any other films or shows or anything that you guys want to discuss? I mean, I've nearly finished watching all of Shameless US, but um, too much, too much to talk about to discuss it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, anything coming out this week that that you guys are gonna try and go and see, or are we all just waiting for uh, the fifteenth of December? Ten days. Oh, so, oh, gone. Sorry, Chris. No, that was it. Oh, <laughs> um, I um, I'm gonna try and see Boxing Day. We were talking about that earlier. Um, and I'm also going to try to see West Side Story, even though I've never seen the original. But you know, give this one a go. Mm. Steven Spielberg's doing it, so I thought it might be might be pretty decent. Trailer doesn't make me want to watch it. <laughs> not me, not me neither. But you know, fuck you. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to see uh, It's a Wonderful Life on Tuesday, which um, is a Christmas classic that I've never seen. Um, mm. It's obviously it's from 1946, so uh, yeah. yeah. Obviously, was definitely not alive when that first came out. But yeah, mm. I like the fact that um, 
Odeon, and I'm sure others do as well, which often, you know, sometimes show like older films that you won't maybe get a chance to see in a cinema too often. Um, Did Tom Hanks yeah, do a film based on that that one is wonderful love, or am I thinking of something completely different? Um, I don't know. Okay, no worries. Don't worry. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, I also don't know. I saw Muppets Christmas the other day at the cinema. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a blast from the past. Uh, they do the, the, the three, is it, is it Scrooges, where he does the past, present, and future. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's basically that. Yeah. But with the Muppets. Okay. Yeah. It was a, a, oh, what was it at? I can't remember what the place is called, but they like, it's like a, a festive, like, cinema place. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Damn. Um, on the subject of old school Christmas, um, have you seen there's a new entry in the Home Alone series called Home Sweet Home Alone? Apparently yeah. it's fucking shit. Yeah, it's got it loads of awful. old faces as well. Yeah. Looks terrible. Just Leave things that. alone. Um, but on the, on Disney Plus, uh, I watched the first episode of Dope Sick and I thought it was mm. really good. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to keep watching. I think it's, I think it's pretty good. The story of Oxycontin and how it became, uh, how it caused an opioid epidemic in parts of America. I'm um, reading, I'm reading someone's book who who talks about that, how he was affected by that. All right. Yeah, it's got um, Michael Keaton in it. Who I feel like the Michael Keaton Renaissance is even bigger than the McConaughey because he he was like in the wilderness for a while and now mm. he's doing some good stuff but um yeah he's in it um there's, there's a few other recognizable faces rosario dawson um but yeah it's 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 really interesting um sort of jumps between time um different periods of time of like the chem- uh, pharmaceutical company being like hey how <laughs> the uh patent on our other content brand is, is expiring. So how are we going to make more money? Let's convince people that an opioid is not um, uh, addictive. And then they get all these salespeople in and be like, oh, yeah, it's less than 1% addictive. And uh, who's that? Will Porter's in it as well. well he, he, he was really good in the first episode. Um, and then there's like a mining community and they're targeting like hard labor communities because they get injuries. Um yeah, so it's like it's really interesting. And Obi, you, you on the on the chat, you compared it to the film Dark Water, which was Mark had Mark Ruffalo in about the uh, water crisis um, up yeah. in Michigan, I think. So, and and that's a good shout. There's, there's elements of that. It's it's like a real life political thriller, I guess. Um, mm. Yeah, really, really promising first episode. Yeah, I need to make more use of my Disney Plus subscription. There is bare stuff on there, to be fair. Yeah, but none of it jumps out at me like massively. Yeah. Although the last jewel is already on there, so Ridley Scott is—I mean, he's not turning in his grave, but whatever the living equivalent of that is, yeah. having sleepless nights. So yeah. House of Gucci will be on there next week, I'm sure. Probably with the way that's going. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at YCPodcast17, and we're on Instagram as your average critics. And uh, join us next week. Keep it sexy. Peace.